Welcome to the In the Scriptures podcast. I'm Lance Taylor. I'll be your host. I'm the evangelist at Sandlin Road Church of Christ in Elkmont, Alabama, and look forward to bringing these Bible lessons to you. The In the Scriptures podcast is designed to encourage the opening of the Bible to personally examine the Scriptures, finding Christian answers for daily life, and helping equip individuals to better share God's Word. So let's uh, go right to it. Let's go In the Scriptures together and learn from God's Word. Last time, on our very first episode, we looked at an introduction to the Bible. And using David Dan's book, Overview of the Bible, Part 1, Genesis through 2 Kings in particular, we talked about just what the Bible is overall, that it is actually a collection of books, 66 separate books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, that present a unified story, ultimately pointing us to Jesus Christ as the Savior in God's redemptive plan for mankind. Today, I want us to take a look at an introduction to the Old Testament, the first major division of the Bible. Again, we want to dig right into the Scriptures, but in order to do that, we need some background information, and we need to better understand or best understand in the ways that we can what the Bible really is and how it's made up. So let's take a few moments today to introduce ourselves to the Old Testament and take a, a survey, an overview of it, if you will, uh, to better understand it as we then go forward in studying it. The Old Testament, as I said, is the first major division of the Bible. It's 66 books individually, and 39 of those books belong to the Old Testament. I'm again using David Dan's overview of the Bible book today as kind of a guideline for our discussion of the Old Testament. When we talk about the Old Testament, there's a couple of uh, key things to understand. One, we're saying old. Well, why are we saying old? Well, God ultimately was going to bring a new covenant, a new testament to mankind through Jesus Christ. So the old is just that. It's, it's what's no longer used. It's the old. We'll talk more about that shortly. But also that it's a testament or a covenant. In other words, it's a, an agreement a contract, an arrangement made by God with His people. And that was what was in place in the, times, in the time of the nation of Israel. And for the nation of Israel that began especially with Abraham, uh, the commandment was given for those people to follow this law at Mount Sinai when God brought them out of Egyptian bondage. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 19. And then the rest of the Old Testament records really the difficulty that Israel had in keeping the Old Testament, keeping this covenant, and how God dealt with His people through all of this and made prophecies through that time about Jesus coming. Well, it being this collection of books, 39 different books, it covers really a lot of history. So you might see, as you are a Bible student, some terms like this in talking about the periods of history that are covered. There's first the antediluvian period, from creation to the flood in Noah's day. Then there's the post-diluvian period, the time of the flood to the call of Abraham. Then there's the patriarchal period, the call of Abraham to the time of Israel's exodus, or excuse me, entrance into Egypt. Then there's the bondage period, when Israel is in Egypt, in bondage, until the time that through Moses' leadership, 
and God's release of them from Egypt, they exit that captivity. Then there's the wilderness wanderings. When they exit Egypt and they cross uh, the country, wandering in the wilderness until the time that they cross over the Jordan River to go into the land of Canaan. Then you have the conquest of Canaan period, when they enter the land of Canaan until the time of the death of Joshua. You have the judges period, from the death of Joshua to the anointing of Israel's first king, Saul. You had a period of judges. Then you have the united kingdom and the divided kingdom. The beginning of Saul's reign to the beginning of Rehoboam's reign. The divided kingdom then is from the beginning of Rehoboam's reign to, the, to Babylon's conquest of Jerusalem. Then there's Babylonian exile. The period of time when Babylon has taken captive the nation of Israel until the time that some of the captives are able to return under Zerubbabel. And then the final period is the return of the remnant of Israel when this group is able to return under Zerubbabel to the time of the close of the Old Testament writings. So again, from a historical perspective, you have these different periods that are covered before the flood, after the flood, the time of Abraham until the time that Israel is in Egyptian bondage, the time of bondage, then the time of wandering in the wilderness when they exit that bondage, the time of conquesting the land of Canaan, the time of judges before the time of the kings, the time of the kings represented as the united kingdom and the divided kingdom, and then Babylonian exile when they're taken captive, and then the return of the remnant. Well, what is the purpose of the Old Testament scriptures? You know, if we, we see all this history, but you know, for you and I as Christians, what's the ultimate purpose? Well, I might point you to the New Testament, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verses 14 and 15, where Paul, writing to Timothy, said this, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You know, as Paul writes to Timothy here, he's pointing out that Timothy, as a young man and from his youth, has known the Holy Scriptures, the Old Testament. These were the writings and the Scriptures that were in circulation among the Jewish people, the Israelite people. And so this is what they were learning from. And it was those Scriptures that Paul says were able to make Timothy wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a mouthful, but ultimately Paul is saying that the Old Testament leads us to have faith in Jesus Christ. So that's why we need to study the Old Testament even today, to be able to look at that. What's the purpose of the Old Testament? Well, it's to bring us to Christ. Let me show you another set of scriptures that teach this. Go to Galatians chapter 2, again in the New Testament. But it shows us the purpose of the Old Testament Scriptures. Galatians chapter 2, beginning in verse 19, where we read, What purpose then does the law serve? Talking about the Old Testament. He says, It was added because of transgressions till the seed 
should come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Well, who's this seed? Well, the seed is Jesus. Ultimately, he's pointing to the Savior. So the law came because man was sinful. Man needed commands given by God to direct him in the way he should go. Verse 20, Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. So, in other words, if the Old Testament could have made mankind what mankind needed to be, then there would be no need for anything else. But that wasn't the case. So now notice with me verses 22 through 25. So why the old law? He says, But the Scripture, the Old Testament, has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So the Old Testament served as a tutor, as a teacher, a schoolmaster, a school teacher, to bring us to Christ. So what's the purpose of the Old Testament, of the old law? Ultimately, it's to bring us to Christ, to point us to Jesus. It's also important to note that the Old Testament has been fulfilled. In Matthew 5, in verses 17 through 18, Jesus specifically states that He came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And He did that. He fulfilled it and made the Old Testament obsolete. And that's why the term old can be applied to it. It's not the current new covenant with God's people. It is the old one. And so men are not responsible for obeying the Old Testament anymore, but instead the new. There are contents in the Old Testament that can help us understand it. So not only does it cover this, these different periods of history, but there are specific contents within the Old Testament. One is the law. And so you'll see that referred to even in New Testament scriptures, the law and the prophets. Well, that points to uh, specific contents within the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. Well, the law was delivered by God to the nation of Israel by Moses at Mount Sinai. And the law of Moses served as the moral, religious, and civil law of the Israelites. It covered everything that they needed to know to live in accordance with God's standards. The books of the law include Genesis through Deuteronomy. So that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They're sometimes referred to as the Pentateuch, meaning five books. So it's the first five books of the Bible. It's the first five books of the Old Testament. They're the books of the law. And it's important to understand this law was given directly to the nation of Israel. The Gentile nations did not receive the same law from God, and it brought division between the Jews and the Gentiles that would ultimately be reconciled in the New Testament, the New Covenant with Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, as you study the New Testament, it helps to understand that division between Jew and Gentile as it is often brought up in the New Testament. A second major section of contents in the Old Testament 
is the books of history. Joshua through Esther, 12 books containing the history of Israel. Uh, they're not the history of the entire world, but they are historically accurate for the nation of Israel. Matter of fact, it's one of the great uh, proofs that the Bible is true. Because when you study history, you'll find that these are historically accurate within the entire world. But they're specifically a view of the history of Israel. And it's through the nation of Israel that Jesus would ultimately come. And so these books of history help show that and prove that and show the process of God's plan to redeem man through Christ. A third section that you need to understand is the books of poetry. The books of Job through the Song of Solomon provide five books of inspired poetry or wisdom literature, as you may hear it referenced. Job talks about human suffering in relation to the power of God. Psalms is a compiling of inspired hymns and prayers offered to God and passages of prophecy concerning Christ. Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings, practical, godly advice for everyone. Ecclesiastes talks about the emptiness of life when God is not in the center of life. Song of Solomon tells a story of true love as God intends for it to be between a husband and a wife. And so there are the books of poetry. A fourth section of contents are the books of the major prophets. Prophets were inspired men that communicated between God and man. And the books of Isaiah through Daniel are considered the five books of the major prophets because of the large amount of writing and the large amount of the work of these prophets in Israel's history. They called the people out of sin to serve God. They pronounced God's judgments on His people as well as other nations, and they foretold of future events. And a very important part of the work of these prophets was to foretell the coming of Christ. And then you have the minor prophets, the, book of, the books of Hosea through Malachi, uh, 12 books that are the minor prophets, not because they're not important, but because the volume that was written and the scope of their overall work was smaller than that of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel and the major prophets. And this takes us all the way then to the close of the Old Testament Scriptures around 400 B.C. It's also important to note that the Old Testament books are not necessarily arranged in chronological order. So as you're studying them, you just need to be aware of that. Uh, there will be some things that could help you understand it uh, when you know the chronological uh, timeline of events. But it's important to note just in the beginning that the Old Testament is not in exact chronological order. So, why study the Old Testament? Well, let's think about four things, and these come from David Dan's overview of the Bible book. One, the Old Testament is the Word of God. That's, that's just a fact. If, if we believe in God and believe that God has revealed His Word to mankind, then the Old Testament is God's Word just like the New Testament. And just as we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 14 and 15, the Old Testament helps bring us to Jesus. And so it's God's Word bringing us to Jesus. It's very important to be able to study it from that perspective. Secondly, the Old Testament presents God's total plan of redemption to us. The gospel message of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John 
obviously tells us the story of Jesus Christ himself, but the Old Testament presents that plan from its very beginning. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, you really see the first allusion to that when Adam and Eve have sinned in the Garden of Eden and God is dealing with them. And he points out that there's going to be this division and this battle, if you will, between good and evil. And ultimately, there's going to be one who comes that will crush the head of Satan. And so the Old Testament presents God's plan of redemption. Third, the Old Testament includes valuable examples we can learn from. When you think about Old Testament examples like Noah and Moses and Abraham and David, Jeremiah, Daniel, and we could go on and on and on, but there's so much to learn from these examples. Not that we've got to keep the laws, but that we learn from the examples, the way in which God dealt with them, the way in which God taught them through their experiences. They're very valuable and applicable for each of us even today. And then also the Old Testament contains the fulfilled prophecies concerning Jesus. And so when we look at the Old Testament prophecies and we see the fulfillment of them, it builds our faith. It, it strengthens our trust in God that what He says will come to pass. And specifically in regard to Jesus. Now, the Old Testament centuries before Jesus' birth uh, testifies to the fact that he would come as the Son of God and show themselves to be the inspiration or from the inspiration of God because of the detail of such prophecies. So in those ways, it's very valuable for us to study the Old Testament even today. It's the Word of God. It shows His plan of redemption. It has valuable examples for us and it shows the prophecies concerning Jesus. So don't be afraid to open the Old Testament. But let's open it as a Bible student, understanding what it contains and the benefits and the value of it for us today. Lord willing, next time in our next episode, we'll open up the book of Genesis and we'll begin to look in the Scriptures themselves at lessons we can learn from the text uh, that we have been so graciously provided by God. Until then, I hope that you will keep opening the Bible for yourself, studying it and trying to understand it because it's meant to be understood. And just be sure that you stay in the Scriptures.